The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. All right, 402, good morning. McMonigley with you, 877-337-6666. Zach Wilson, look at you. Look at you. Man, oh, man, if only we had seen that more often and earlier in his career. Him and Hackett figured it out. And this offense erupts in the second half, scoring 30 points. And more than that, he looked great, right? It's more than just actually making it work out there. He was oozing talent. He made a couple of great plays. I mean, for me, obviously, the the big moment is the drive coming out of the half, right? They get in the end zone, and I, and I mentioned in my open, like I thought the turning point of the game for me is we've seen so many times with both of these teams and their lousy offenses, but penalties have killed the Jets, right? We've talked about it over and over again. There were, uh, early on, some of the calls that went against them were terrible, talking about, you know, the Mahomes situation and, and that call, uh, as we spend some time on it, and we can again, 877-337-6666. But despite all that, in that drive, they get a couple first downs, and then you see Garrett Wilson get called for the offsides, and typically the way the game was going, the way the season's going, hell, the way Zach Wilson's career has gone, that's a penalty that kills you. First and 15 is a death knell. That's what this offense has shown you. And they overcome that by getting a great play on third and 12 where he avoids this. He spins out of a blindside sack, rolls to his left, throws across his body to Garrett Wilson for the completion and the first down. It's reminiscent of that famous throw at his workout that got him drafted second overall. They got everybody abuzz with what the talent is. I mean, you saw in this game his, his ability to just flip it out of his wrist and throw the football. I mean, he looked... As good as he's ever looked, and this offense gave you the best half of offense we've seen all season between both these lousy teams since the second half of the Cardinal game in week two for the Giants. So, I mean, it was great, but here's the point for me. That's going to be the, that's going to be what we talk about. I don't care about it. I'll be totally honest with you. I'm done. I think we're done. And I told you all week that I expected Zach Wilson to play well. I picked the Jets to win the game outright. I thought they were going to play well. I thought this defense, which is just as much a story for me because we know what they are and they're part of the future, and we see what this defensive backfield's capable of and what they do to quarterbacks. And unfortunately, Stroud leaves the game injured, and hopefully he's okay. But even before that, they were dominating this football game. And add him to the list of names of successful quarterbacks. I know he's a rookie, and I thought that this could be a tough spot for him, and and it was. But, I mean, this guy leads the NFL in passing heading into this game. He is arguably the most successful rookie quarterback we've ever seen. And you can add his name to the list of Mahomes and Allen and all the others that this team has embarrassed, to quote the coach. So, yeah, we could talk about Zach Wilson. But for me, I thought that he had a chance to play well in this game and win this game, one, because I thought Texans, considering they also lost Tank Dell, could be in a tough spot against this defense in the elements of MetLife Stadium and the rain. And plus, no pressure. 
I know there was that story last week about him maybe not, not wanting to play. We all believe it. He denied it, whatever. We all thought that his, his frustration boiled over in a comment of not wanting to play. He obviously played. But ultimately, this season's over. And let's be honest, his Jet career is over. What we saw yesterday probably helped him improve a draft pick that the Jets could get back in return for him. That's what, I mean, this is not enough for me to feel any kind of way about Zach Wilson other than he's talented, which we all know he is. He's just unable to put it together. So the idea of the season being over, they talked about just slinging it, having fun. You know why? Because he doesn't have to worry about the pressure of winning the game. He doesn't have to worry about the pressure of proving himself to this organization. It's all over. And that's why I expected him to go out there and play well. I did not think he played this well. I'll be fair. He was great in this game. Great. And maybe I'll be singing a different tune if over the next three, four weeks we see this version of Zach Wilson. They win a bunch of games and score a bunch of points. Sure, I'm open to anything. I'm an open-minded fella. But quite honestly, this is too little too late from a kid who is now thriving with no pressure. For me, it's about for me, I look at at four and eight, five and eight now. I still, as a dead season, I look for the future. I look for next year. Because next year the plan is back in place with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, Sal as the coach, and you heard it from uh, Connor Connor Hughes earlier in the week that that he does not expect the the GM the, that Woody Johnson would have any interest in cleaning house. The coach is going to be back. I'm more op- I'm more pleased that Hackett figured out a way to scheme a game plan against a lousy defensive passing team in the Texans and have the you know have plays like the the tight ends running up the seams or. Slants over the middle. They attacked to the middle of the field a lot in this game, which is where they had some injuries at linebacker, poor defensive back. Like They attacked where they should have attacked, made things easy for Zach Wilson. He made great throws. He was uh, His decisions were good. His balls were accurate. He looked great. They played elite offense in the second half, 30 points and a half. 30 points and a half is elite offense. It was great. But I'm more concerned with Hackett finally need, desperately needing a win as I don't think he was going to get fired. But at some point, you got to figure out a way to put up some kind of offense. It was a huge day for him, a huge day for the quarterback. But ultimately, I'm still on the same path I was prior. Nice. Keep it up. Sure. You've seen the talent. Hopefully, now you can get a third-round pick for him. Because he's not going to be here next year. You can't pick up his fifth-year option. And then are you going to give him a contract off of maybe a handful of decent games at the end of a dead season and then being the backup quarterback for a year? Like, how do you justify that? None of it makes sense. It never did. And I think the idea that it finally came to culmination of him being benched yet again, not wanting to necessarily jump to go play football, which I thought he should have because this is what's possible. This is the only thing left for him. Impress other teams. Go out there and sling it. Have some fun and play winning football maybe. Have a good game. What's the worst that could happen? You have another bad game? Add it to the list. Instead, he went out there and played a great football game. But for the but for me, the Jets are about the future, and Aaron Rodgers is the future. Zach Wilson is not, so it's a nice story. I don't think he'll be back next year, and I hope he plays well, and I hope he's somewhere else because you can see the talent for this kid. But for me, it's this defense, it's this defensive backfield, it's the way Reed played, it's the way Sauce Gardner played in this game. It's another very successful quarterback who puts up yards and touchdowns, who comes into this building and gets dominated. By a Jets defense. 
And that's why you go out and get Aaron Rodgers because of what you think about this defense. They need to go out and add weapons to the offense, but you know you are going into next year with a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Super Bowl caliber defense. And that is not a bad starting place. you got to figure out a couple of things, yeah, but you can see the promise of this team when they put it together. If they have offense, they can win. I understand I'm killing the defense uh, of the Texans, but this is a winning football team. This is a team in the playoffs, in the playoff hunt. At the very least, and a young quarterback who's kind of taken the league by storm. Who's at the tail end and the back end of an MVP conversation. And he had no chance. No chance. And the Jet fans finally get to have a laugh. Or how about that? Did you expect that? Did you expect to be scoring 30 points in the second half and have your feet up in the fourth quarter, toasting a victory? Congratulations. I'm not here to rain on parades. I'm just telling you what it is. It's not enough. I need to see more from Zach Wilson before I even entertain the idea of him being back next year. But I think all the noise he was able to put away, but for me, all the noise did signify some sort of end. I think he recognized, and that's probably part of the reason that his initial thought was to not want to go play. I think he realized it's over here, and I think he benefited from it, and maybe everybody did. And that's unfortunate because you'd like to figure out a way to actually play like this when the games matter, when the season matters. So if you've listened to me, this is how I feel. I don't get hung up on big games once the season's dead. That's why I'm talking about the Giants and losing games, and I'm looking at the Tankathon, and I'm thinking to myself, geez, they can't beat the Eagles. They got them two more times. The Rams are playing very good football. They look like a playoff team taking Baltimore to overtime. And... Like, why would I want to go out and beat Green Bay when I know the rest of the season is going to play out the rest of the way the season is going to play out, and I got a chance of picking a top pick? That's what I want. So excuse me. Sorry, Jeff fans. I'm happy for you. It was a nice day to enjoy a football game that you won by, you know, 24 points or whatever it was, and you had a nice little cakewalk win, and Zach Wilson finally gave you something. But ultimately, it's bittersweet because it ain't going nowhere. He probably only played well because the pressure was off because the season's already dead and he's done with the franchise, but that's what it should be. Hopefully he played well enough to get you a a better pick. Maybe he turned a sixth-round pick into a fourth-round pick or third-round pick because he does have the talent. There is no doubt about it. The ball comes out of his hand with ease. And that play where he avoided the sack, rolled out and threw across his body for a third down that led to that touchdown drive, which then led to a second touchdown drive. They put them, they put two back-to-back. Back-to-back and a belly-to-belly touchdown drives. When's the last time we saw that? So it was an enjoyable football game, but ultimately it's just more crap from our football teams. 877-337-6666. I am not ready to say Zach Wilson should be back off of one performance. But there is no doubt, it wasn't just an average performance. It wasn't just a winning performance. It was an excellent performance. He was great in the game. Zach Wilson was the reason they won the football game. He was one of the defense and Zach Wilson. He wasn't along for the ride. He was he was very, very good. And maybe if you see that a handful more times, we're singing a different tune, I don't buy it. He's going to have to show me he's capable of doing this on a regular basis. And And it would help if he could do it while the games matter. The other story is Yamamoto as well. We talked about a couple things. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys showing an impressive uh, victory against the Eagles and, and have now taken over the lead in the division and look like a team right now that made a statement inside 
the NFL, forget the NFC, not just the NFL, uh, the uh, uh, the NFC, the NFL, that if you want to come play the Cowboys in Dallas, good luck. And this coach, much maligned, McCarthy, right? Obviously, since the day he got hired coming out of Green Bay, all the noise out of Green Bay and how bad he was and everything, the, uh, the offense, him taking over the play calling and firing a very young and successful offensive coordinator who's now not doing so well in L.A., but Dak looks like the best version of him we've ever seen. This offense is unstoppable, and they just took the Eagles to the woodshed in their building and won a game by 20 points. You go into Dallas, you lose by 20. As we're seeing what the 49ers have done and established themselves as probably the best overall team, this is going to be an interesting race because the Cowboys, the Eagles have an easy schedule. The Eagles finish their season, Giants, uh, Giants, Cardinals, Giants. The next two weeks, the Cowboys go on the road for Green Bay, uh, for Green Bay, for uh, Dallas and uh, for uh, Miami and Buffalo. And for Dallas, I mean, all the, all we have, the America's team, the choke artist, never win a big game. Playoff Dak, all that. Right now, they look like, I don't know if there's a team in the NFL who can go into that building and win, win a game. That's what they look like. As great as the 49ers are, and they, into my mind, they're the best team in the NFC. But if they want to go into, they better get home field advantage, and that's what Dallas should be striving for right now. Figure out a way to win a couple road games and get yourself. If Dallas gets the one seed... They're probably favorites to make it to the Super Bowl. That's how good they've been in that building. And it would mean beating teams like Buffalo on the road, who now, after you know having the game stolen from them, beating the Kansas City Chiefs, as we talked about that too, and Patrick Mahomes and the nonsense and the way Patrick Mahomes acted. But the Cowboys look like they could be a favorite to get to the Super Bowl. This is no longer uh, the choke artist team. They have now beaten everyone they've been asked to beat in their building in particular, and this offense is flying high. And the other story coming out of the NFL, obviously the huge play with Kadarius Toney, who we know here well, obviously offsides and the reaction from these bums in Kansas City who now are starting to get to the point where we hate them. It's starting to get there. It took it took, it took took Tom Brady a while, and even as a Giant fan, I just got sick of Tom Brady. I got sick of Brady and Belichick. I got sick of every single big game talking about what this adds to their legacy and, you know, him being all angry on the sidelines and throwing tablets and screaming. Just I had enough of Tom Brady. I had enough of the Patriots. And I wasn't sure I would get there this quickly with the with the Chiefs, but I'm here. Like, enough of Patrick Mahomes. If you saw this game, obviously the big play, if you haven't seen it, go look. They have this remarkable touchdown that's going to win them the game with a few with a minute 20 left after the Bills had some of the worst offensive uh, you know, uh, play calling at the end of the game when they take a, a field goal lead, allowing Patrick Mahomes to have a minute and a half and two timeouts instead of running the football and making sure they burn timeouts. They throw the ball three times. They get to save their timeouts, and here comes Mahomes to go win the game. They throw an unbelievable play. Uh, to Kelsey gets it just before he gets tackled. He throws it across the field to Kadarius Tony, who runs it into the end zone for a game-winning touchdown. Right? Nope. Kadarius Tony was six feet out in front. I mean, he, so you get that defensive, you get the offensive offsides, which I've never seen before. I can't remember 
Like, I honestly thought when they went to the offsides thing where he puts his hands on the side, I thought he got the call wrong. when he. I said, oh, he's pointing in the wrong direction. Offsides, defense, touchdown. But then you saw the way Kadarius Tony was lined up. He's clearly offsides. He's got a foot out in front of the ball. They call him for it, and Patrick Mahomes loses it. He absolutely lost it. And if you, if you saw he had to be restrained, you thought for a while he was trying to go after Tony. At least that's what the broadcast thought. But obviously he ends up going after the refs. But the way they complained and bitched, and the thing that bothers me the most, if you haven't seen the video, go see it. It's full of curses, otherwise I'd play it. But walking off the field, he embraces with Josh Allen, who played his ass off, who played a great game, who went out there and beat after having all the controversy from the comments from his coach from 2019, from the miserable season they're having at 500, outside the playoffs looking in, to go into that building on the road and beat. Yeah, okay, we all know they're quite not the Chiefs of of the last few years. Their, their offense is the worst it's been under Patrick Mahomes. But still, defending Super Bowl champs on the road, tied 17-17 late in the game. And throughout the game, Josh Allen played his ass off. That is a huge win for the Bills. It's a huge win for Josh Allen. And walking off the field, he embraces Josh Allen, and, and he says to him, the worst effing call I've ever seen. That's what you have to say? To Josh Allen, as you well, you don't congratulate Josh Allen. You pretty much tell him, listen, we beat you, but the refs stole it from us. That's absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. I don't care about the press conference. We've seen guys complain about calls in the press conference. First of all, we all know he was offsides. And their, their complaint is even it's not a penalty. Their complaint is, you know, oh, it's kind of a ticky-tack call. We never see it. Usually we're, we're notified about it, blah, 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 blah. And... It's absolute garbage. It's absolute garbage. I mean, we ha- it's very rare. That's true. And typically, they, they, they do try and do everything they can to avoid calling this penalty. But he's, st- I mean, he's standing where he's standing. Have some awareness about what's going on. If you watch the video, he's staring at the football. How does he not know he's offsides? It's an absolute joke. And then to react the way having to be restrained by your entire team not to go attack a referee. And then to tell Josh Allen, we beat you. I know what the scoreboard said. The scoreboard's wrong. We won. That's what you say to Josh Allen walking off the field. It's not a good look for Mahomes. It's not a good look at all. And it's not a good look for these crybaby, uh, the coach, him, when they get every single stinking call. You know how many calls they get? They like the Patriots in that way, too. He's the, he's the Tom Brady of this era. Two-time uh, Super Bowl champ, MVP, you name it. They've won every big game. He's had calls his entire career. And yet, one call goes against him, which, by the way, doesn't end the game. If they score that touchdown, the, the Bills still have a chance to come back. And between these two teams, we've seen what can happen late in games. And also... It was still second and 15. Go make another play. The game's not open, not over. You got two timeouts left. Go make another play. All you need is a field goal. That didn't end the game. It wasn't a turnover. It was you, you had you had another three plays to go get a first down and continue the drive. You didn't get it done. I understand you got the the touchdown got wiped away and it's one of the cooler and sexier t- touchdowns especially for a game-winning touchdown or what we thought would have been a game-winning touchdown. I understand that sucks to get it wiped off the board for football fans. Fine. Yeah, I get it. We get it. But to cry like this and to rob, you know, 
to go up there and, and tell your opponent, no, 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 we won. We got robbed. Worst call I've ever seen. Instead of just congratulations, we'll get you next time. No, no, no. Rob's the ref stole it. Don't don't think you won this game, Josh Allen. You didn't. It's the worst call I've ever seen. Shame on him. Bob in Long Island. What's up, Bob? How you doing, Chris? Um, I'm. I know you've been irritated about this whole thing with Mahomes. I'm yes. actually a, a longtime Chiefs fan. Okay. And I'm a I'm a big Patrick Mahomes guy. Sure. Um, was he wrong? Yes. Okay. Okay. Patrick is a classy guy. All right. He wasn't classy today. Classy t- he wasn't classy yesterday. Well, 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 let me finish, Chris. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. He is. I think. He, yes, he was wrong. I think he was just acting out. He's finally got the, the frustration with his receivers dropping the balls all the time on him, and I think he was acting oh. out in frustration. Really? I think. Yes, I feel, I I feel I so think, bad for him. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, everything. Well, well, I, I, well, I know it's all. Oh, man, he doesn't finish? have a wide receiver. He only's got Chris, one of the Chris, great tight let, ends in history. Chris, Chris, yeah. Chris, let me finish. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I think as the week goes on, that he's going to apologize for the way he reacted. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's what's going to happen because I've been a fan for all. I know these guys. I think that's what the thing he, he Was he wrong? Absolutely. He will apologize for the way he reacted, not for the, the what the call goes. Yes, he's right in that part. They generally don't make that call. But they did, and he reacted badly. Well, all right. right? Okay. Now, the I... way he, and he, he generally does not do that. For him to do uh, this one time yeah. and you to now call them, Oh, these bums! Yeah. and they're they're the well, new Patriots. They're the new. I think well, you're they're, 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 they're becoming bit. the least. They're becoming. It's it, last night was hard no. to root for them, and just the idea of getting tired of watching them win. Like there's just the, the natural thing. Well, of, when you're a uh, good team, right, you're gonna win. I understand but, you know, that. Now, but I understand did he that. overreact? Yes, yes, he did. I yes. agree. He overreacted. I think it was well, an overreaction. So don't, don't, in frustration. In frustration. One time he overreacted. In frustration. He always shows respect for the other quarterback and the other team. All right, but another thing, he's over the way he did that. He, he's not going to throw his receivers under the bus either. Yeah, I, he I, always I understand tells them, Well, that. I need to, I need to get the, the ball to them in a spot where they right. can make. Well, a I mean, everybody does he, that, and you might say that he got. He's finally tired. Of, oh, so what? You're finally tired. I mean, you, 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 you you've lived a charm life in the NFL. You got one of the you got one of if not the greatest pass catching tight end in the history of the NFL, and you had Tariq Hill for the first five years of your career, and you won a Super Bowl without him. I understand you're frustrated. I understand. Give Allen his due. That's all. Give Allen his due. And you're trying to justify it with frustration. There is no frustration worthy of that. Sorry, there just isn't. Let it go for two minutes. Then go, then go do your press conference and complain. Then go do your press conference and complain. I thought it was a bit much. No? You don't think so? And I hope he apologizes just to Allen. That's all I, I mean. But it's just whatever. It is what it is. But if you're telling me, like, I'm, I know I said bums. You know, I'm just throwing bums around. They're obviously a phenomenal team. But I'm just, I'm tired. Uh, uh, they're becoming unlikable. With the winning, you, there's a fine line. There's a fine line of respecting the the team that continues to win and then just being tired of it and and sick of them and annoyed by them. And last night they really did their first that was a an attempt to get us to be annoyed with you. Because you've gotten every single call. And to go out there and then claim it's bad for the NFL, typically we get a warning, they don't make that call. 
maybe they don't make that call. I don't think many guys stand with their foot fat past the football. I think that's rare. I think that's as rare as the call. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, CeeLo's in the building. He'll be in with Al for the warm-up show coming up in a half hour. And I get the frustration. That last call is point about everything that's gone on in Kansas City this year. I get it. All right, they haven't played that well. They're, I mean, they're still, you know, in the, they're going to win the division. They're going to make the playoffs. But, yeah, their wide receiving core has, has been tough. The offense has not been nearly as good. They've been... Uh, you know, uh, run the football, play defense, um, uh, make some plays in the pass game when you have to kind of football team, which is not typical for them. They're the high-flying Kansas City Chiefs, score a million points. I get it. And I understand that in that moment he was just all up. But, yeah, I mean, it could have been anybody. I get that. I get that. But that's your opponent. Just I, that's the only thing that bothers me is that he couldn't just get out of that for one second to just tell Josh Allen congratulations and then go complain. Like, and you could see Josh Allen's like taken aback by it. Like he was really heated. But that's probably a culmination of everything. That last call is probably right. It's culmination of the whole season. Doesn't make it right. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Haven't had a lot of too much time to talk about it, but obviously the Yankees are on their way. I don't know when they're flying, but they are flying to LA to meet with Yamamoto, and it begins. The Mets flew all the way, Uncle King Cohen and Stearns flew all the way to Japan to meet with them, had lunch at a French Japanese restaurant. The Yankees are flying to LA to meet with them. It begins. The battle for Yamamoto. Is it the prestige and honor, or is it the paycheck? Let's see what gets it done. But this is the final piece. This is the only real name for the Mets offseason. It's, 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 it's Yamamoto or bust for the Mets. And for the Yankees, this is the piece that really sets them. If they do this, if they get Yamamoto, I said this last week and I meant it, getting Soto doesn't, for me, the day they got him, I played into it a little bit and had some fun. They're back. We played the the Emperor, the Empire Strikes music, or whatever the whatever march it's called, the the Darth Vader music. The Evil Empire is back. I don't think it's fair to the Yankees to say that because honestly, when they get the best player available a lot, it's it's sometimes it doesn't work out. Last year's offseason, they got Judge, the best available hitter. I know that's only bringing him back and it's not adding to the team, but he could have left. They went out and gave him three hundred and sixty million dollars. He was a free agent. They went out and get the they got the best player available in free agency. And you could argue, you know, minus Verlander on a short term deal at forty, that Carlos Rodon was the best pitcher available. They went out and got the best hitter and the best pitcher available. Now we laugh at Rodon being the best pitcher available, considering the season he had. But that doesn't change where he was when they signed him and the money it took to sign him. Good, bad, or indifferent, it didn't work out. At least that doesn't look like it's going to work out. But who knows? Soto might not work out. I don't know. Doesn't make it a bad move. So it's not like they've never went out and got the best player available. They have. They didn't finish the deal. 
They thought, oh, we need is coal. We'll just get coal. Oh, oh, now that we've got, we made it to the ALCS, we'll get Stanton. Even if it doesn't fit, it's the big name, big money, uh, but we got the trade for nothing. I'll bring them in. And then they pass on the superstars that really make them the evil empire. And last year, despite getting Judge and Rodon, the two best available players, they left They left, left field as a gaping hole. They didn't finish the job. This, going to get Yamamoto, paying for the best pitcher available, someone at 25 years old who they expect can anchor a staff for the next 10 years, going out and getting someone whose price tag has shifted upwards of 75 to $100 million from when we first heard he was going to get posted until today. The numbers have moved up because everybody loves him and everybody wants him. And Steve Cohen has made him the apple of his eye and the, the target, the one target this offseason. Everything else can fall through. They could do nothing else. They could do nothing else to help bolster this team. Yamamoto is the one piece that the richest man in baseball has set his sights on. If the Yankees play in that ballpark, if the Yankees put up the money necessary to get Yamamoto, now you can start talking about full Death Star, operational Death Star. Then you can start talking about the Yankees being bath back, and this is George Steinbrenner's team. This is what George would have done. You could. That's when you do it. Trading away th- four arms and a backup catcher, and you know, a handful of those arms weren't even like people get so hung up on it. Oh, they they gave up so much in the Juan Soto deal. They gave up so much. King was the only player I thought would be a part of the team next year. Let's be honest. If the Yankees opened up the season and and one if and and Vasquez was in the starting rotation, I would have been furious. Furious. That was just one. One little move. That does not make them the fully operational Death Star. Yamamoto does. And for the Mets, who is King Cohen if he doesn't get this guy? What's all his money worth as he watches Otani, who everybody thought they should have been on? Now, whether he wanted New York or not is a different conversation, but the Dodgers ponied up $700 million. He is not the only guy who can spend money. The Yankees might go out and give Yamamoto $300 million. Who is Steve Cohen if he doesn't go out and get the one target of this offseason when all it takes is money? If he loses that, then where? what's the advantage the Mets now have over baseball? And where's the advantage they have in this city if they can't beat out the Yankees for a free agent they desperately want and desperately need? I, I, it's fascinating. The Yankees are at least coming from a little bit of a piece of strength because they got a place of strength because they got Soto. So the fan base is placated slightly in, you know, anyway, no matter what happens the rest of the way, they got a generational talent, a 25 years old superstar hall of fame track. So they have a little bit of leeway here, but the Mets desperately need them. Desperately need them. And the other piece of this, now that you see the Otani shoe drop and it's not Toronto and the fraud Blue Jays, and I'm actually disappointed Otani didn't go to Toronto. I would have loved to see it. One, I would have liked to see him play a lot. You know, playing for the Angels, you don't see him that much. I mean, I, I'm a nut. I watch as much West Coast baseball as, as anyone, so I've seen him plenty, but I'd like to see him play all the time. I want to see him play the Yankees 15 times a year. He's a great player. I want to see him play. But also, because the Blue Jays are frauds, and they would find a way to become the Angels and not win with them. I would have loved to have seen it happen. I would have loved to beat those frauds week year in and year out. Would have loved it. 
but it didn't happen. And now they would have been, all reports are, would have been full board into Juan Soto. The Yankees made a great decision, whether it was Hal pushing it, whether Cash was the one who finally decided to give up on the idea of keeping either King or Thorpe, whoever did it, to make that trade before Otani signed was a huge, huge win. Because I think the market for Soto would have went through the roof. I'm surprised for King, Thorpe, Vasquez, and Brito that the Padres didn't wait to see what would it be out there after the Otani shoe dropped. But $700 million to the Dodgers. Otani is up next. Yankees, Mets on the battlefront. Brandon and uh, Braden Beach. What's up, Brandon? Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Um, so, um, I wanted to talk about, um, um, Otani. Otani, yes. Um, and Yamamoto. And a little Yankee baseball? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, what do you got? Um, so, I think, I think Yamamoto's going to go to the Mets. Okay. You think he's going to the Mets? Because I think the Mets are going to pay him more. I think most people agree with that. I think you're 100% right, Brandon. I think the highest, I think the best offer will come from the Mets. The question is, how bad does he want the Yankees? What does what does uh, Matt, what is Matsui and Tanaka and the and the history of what the Yankees are? And quite honestly, and uh, thank you for the call, Brandon. I appreciate it. The winning franchise. That's just the truth. All right, we might not see it right now. Everyone thinks, well, they've got Steve Cohen. Well, you know, they're in way better shape than the Yankees, who, you know, I don't know, I don't know. the Mets, the Mets, the Mets, the Mets. And, and you might be right. Who knows? I don't predict the future. But when you th- globally, what do they see? They see one winning season. They see a, a 100 win season. The Yankees still do better that year. Like that, the last two years are a perfect example. Like, let's be totally honest. Two years ago, the Mets had their best season in forever. It was a charmed season. They didn't lose a series until what? June? Like, they had a charmed season. They had this great year. You know, Buck Showalter came in and changed everything. They won 101 games, and the Yankees still had a better year and went further in the playoffs and played in a, in a, played in a league championship series when they were knocked out in the wild card. And then this year, the Yankees have their worst season in 40 years. They win 82 games. They go 82 and 80. It's an absolute embarrassment. Everyone in the franchise is calling it a disaster. It's as ugly as it's been since the early 90s, and the Mets were worse. I mean, that's that's how they're that's how it's viewed. So I'm tell I think the Yankees have an enormous advantage on where he'd rather play. I really do. I think he'd much rather be a Yankee. You want to call that obnoxious? You want to call that a Yankee fan? I just think it's I just think it's the plain truth. But money talks. And there is no question. I don't think the Yankees will give as 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 Cash said in his press conference or when he was talking to the media last week. I don't think anyone can compete with Steve Cohen other than the Dodgers. I guess. But 700. I still can't believe he got 700. I thought there was a chance he hit 600. I did not think 700 was coming. But anyway, there is no there. I don't think there's a chance that Hal matches the contract. The biggest offer is coming from the Mets. Will he take it? Does he want to wear the pinstripes? Pitch with Garrett Cole, play with Aaron Judge. 
wear that beautiful number 18 with no name on the back. Be the most rec- be one of the more recognizable players on the most recognizable franchise in the entire world. That are in the playoffs year in and year out. And if they don't make the playoffs, they go around and spend hundreds of millions of dollars to get back in it. Who would you rather play for? Call us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. All right, 4.49, almost there. 10 more minutes, 877-337-6666. Let's try and get through your calls here. I've spoken enough. I'm impressed by the Cowboys, pissed off by the Chiefs. Relatively impressed by the talent of Zach Wilson, but I'm still ready to move on. And the Yankees offseason is just getting warmed up. Well, And the Mets, for that matter, too. Eric and Ronkonkoma. What's up, Eric? Hey, C Mac. Okay, three three quick things. Let's go. Okay, number one. Uh, first, uh, all right. Number one, uh, maybe maybe now you'll get a nice rivalry between uh, Chiefs and Bills. All right. Yeah, well, it's, not, it's um, kind of already after that playoff game. I mean, it's, it's kind of there, but yeah, this. Yeah, I but, guess, yeah, but uh, yeah, smack. You know, smack talk. Used to I just feel bad. For, I mean, uh, for Allen. I mean, Allen made a play in this oh, game. I Allen played his ass off, and he made a play yeah. in this game on third down where he is literally falling out of. He's rolling to his left. <laughs> He turns his body back, you know, sideways so he can get into a throw. Right. He's falling out of bounds with two guys on him yeah. and makes a, an amazing throw. I mean, this guy played his ass off, and you go to congratulate yeah. him and go, worst call ever, we should have won. Like, he, I mean, come on. Right. Come on. Right, number two. Um, number two. Very, very similar, very similar season uh, between the Dolphins and, and uh, Dallas because they're both the monsters at home. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so they they both want their respective uh, number one seeds. If, yeah. If are they, listen, I I think it's uh, the Cowboys in that building are a problem. I agree. I don't think they're the. Yeah. I, I mean, they showed that they can beat the Eagles. They beat them by twenty uh, on a yeah. on, in Philadelphia. I don't know how that game goes. I think on a neutral field or in San Francisco, I think the the, the Niners are better than them, and I think the Niners would win that football game. But right now in Dallas. I mean, that, the, the way they've played in that building, the way this offense has played, and give McCarthy credit and give Dak credit, this offense is dangerously good. The defense is solid. Yeah. This offense is dangerously good. And, I yeah, mean, and he's, and he, and the, the much maligned head coach has done a great job playing making uh, play calls because Dak is playing right. an MVP and, clip. Right. And the, and the, the last thing you mentioned, and, you know, as far as Otani, because that, that contract is crazy, but, you know what, any, any real smart businessman who – Defers the money, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, you know, because you, you know they're making money off of the fact that they're deferring the money. You know, so they're now they're not paying out what what the contract is. You know, as far as what they're losing, they're not losing seven hundred million. Right, they're getting a nice chunk back with how they do it, which worries me that right. because you mentioned uh, Yamamoto wanting to play for the Yankees. Well, what if he now wants to play with the most famous Japanese player out there since Sadahara O? Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers. Yeah, I, I'm hearing reports that I never remember a report that Yamamoto wanted to play with another uh, Japanese superstar. I've heard, I've seen that report now. I remember the report of just, and thank you for the call, Eric, being open to it because there are some. There's there's a thought process they don't they don't like 
they don't want to come there and play with another Japanese player. And that the report was that he doesn't mind at all and that it's a non-issue, not necessarily that he desired to. Maybe I missed that report, but I'm seeing them now, but it's like referring to old reports. A new report, old report. Is that a new report? That was a fun day. One day maybe I'll tell you that story. Um, but anyway... I don't, I don't know if he's going to – but, yes, the Dodgers are in. I've said it 100%. One, a couple things from the contract. One, I hate the precedent. You have to be a player willing to do it because you said they're going to make money back. I mean, technically, I, I heard some guy talking about it. Like, you could be – he could be making $700 million, but it's – and Jeff Passan put out a tweet that kind of explains it a little bit. He's not going to get as much money as if he got paid $70 million a year. Like obviously, what you could do with that money and invest in it while you're while it's sitting there, like so you're you're losing money. You're gonna get seven hundred million, uh, like eventually, but you could be making money with that money while you got. It, you know what I'm saying? Like so, technically, he's making less money. He's gonna make less money, but it also just eh, eh, they're gonna be able to do anything else they want. Like they can give him a seventy million dollar a year contract and only be on the hook for forty of it on the on the luxury tax. I mean, that sets a precedent of why not, like, if I'm Steve Cohen and I look at this and I go, okay, I'll overpay if I'm going to get money back too because I can take that money instead of paying him and do things with it and whatever else. Like, I, like, I'm willing to give people a lot more money than I thought they'd get and we'll push it out. You interested? Like, next year, Soto, do you want $700 million? Well, well you're, you're a young man. Let's put it out over the next 30 years. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be making $15 million when you're 50. Like, let's do it. When you're 55, you'll still be making money. Let's push it out for the next 30, 40 years. What's the difference? I'll give you 700 million. Great. It only costs us. It'll it'll cost me the same 30 million anyway on the payroll. What's the difference? Let's do it. Why why would Steve Cohen not do that? Now, you know, does it make his franchise less um, intriguing to purchase if they have contracts like that on the books? I don't know if he's looking to sell, but yeah, I guess that's an asset. Like, oh, man, I got to buy this team and I got to pay Juan Soto or whomever, you know, $30 million a year for the next 40 years. Like, who wants to – it's a, it's a it's something on the – it's like a stain on the team for when you're looking to sell it, I guess. But I don't think Steve Cohen's looking to do that. Like, I don't like the precedent, and I certainly don't like the idea. Yeah, I, they're absolutely in the mix for Yamamoto. They're in the, they're in the mix for every free agent now. Because if you remember, they pared down. Like, they're only paying. Like, their pitching rotation is not very good right now. Their pitching stinks. It's the offense. And, and think of that three. Like, you could lead Mookie Betts off. Your 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 first three hitters could be Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani. That's good luck in the first inning. I mean, good luck. And Freeman is... Uh, n- a neutral the lefties don't bother him, so it's not like you could throw an opener. Or so I, they, they, he's, they just that's crazy. That's crazy. That's some first inning. I mean, I, I was getting excited about just Soto and Judge, the three of them back to back to back. But they have no pitching right now, so yeah, they're available to go out there and buy pitching. They've been pairing. They didn't do anything in last off season. They probably didn't do much the season before that. They've been waiting for Otani, waiting. You. That's why I never believed it. All that nonsense following the plane. Oh, there's a private jet leaving Los, An- leaving Los Angeles, going to Toronto. That's him. He's going to sign with the Blue Jays. Morosi's reporting it. Like, I never, for a th- I never for a second, I tweeted out, please let him sign with Toronto. I never, ever, ever, 
ever for a second thought Otani was going anywhere but L.A. He was going to be a Dodger. It was obvious. Did that report help them pony up another $100 million? Maybe. I, I'm shocked he got $700 million. I got to tell you, that it took me by surprise. I mean, it took me by surprise. Technically, he's making $30 million more a year than Aaron Judge. His contracts, his one contract is more expensive than both Judge and Cole's contract combined. Those two contracts do not add up to $700 million. He's making more than those two players. Amazing. Not annually because he got the extra year, but he got 10 years. Both of those contracts are nine. But overall money, he's getting paid more than both of them. How do you work out a deal? It's so fascinating to me how you figure it, how you get to $700 million. Like, how much do you value him as a hitter? How much do you value him as a pitcher? He's not even going to pitch this year. Who knows off of two Tommy Johns, although they haven't called it a Tommy John. He had some sort of elbow surgery. And that's the other thing. Good God. he Could he have handled this free agency any worse? I understand he got $700 million, so I'm not going to argue with him. But he did nothing for baseball. He did nothing to help you know, boost the enthusiasm of the offseason or the free agency period. Like, nothing. He did absolutely nothing. To the point where Dave Roberts got scolded publicly by his GM for answering a direct direct question about if they had a meeting with Otani uh, and being honest and saying, yeah, we met with him. It went, went fine. That's it. Yeah, we met with him. We thought it went great. But he'll do what, he's, what he needs to do for him and his. That, that's, that was the answer that the, I wish he wouldn't have said that. You know, we... Otani can't, you can't even admit you're having a meeting. You're going to scold the manager for answering a question honestly. What absolute nonsense. Unbelievable. But hey, he's a Dodger. That top of the order is crazy good. And eventually he'll help the, the pitching rotation. But $700 million, the largest contract in professional sports, beating Messi, who was making just under $700 million. Crazy. 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 For a guy who's on the wrong side of 30, who I don't know how long he's going to be able to do both. But right now, he is the best player in baseball. There, Bar none. He's the best, in my opinion, remember, I've said it, he's the best player to ever live. There's never been someone better at baseball. Just never. He does both. We don't need Yamamoto to do both. We just need him to pitch. Selfishly, I hope it's for the Yankees, but I am looking forward to the idea of these two teams battling. Hopefully it happens soon. But the Yankees are on their way to L.A. to meet with Yamamoto. Thank you guys for calling. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you tomorrow at 2 a.m. after the Giant game. We'll see what DeVito has in store for us and whether or not, as a Giant fan, I even want them to win. But we'll be on right after the uh, after the postgame show. I'll catch you then. The rest of the week, I have a couple of midnight rides. We're going to have a good week. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the warm-up show. Enjoy CeeLo. He's the man. I walked in on him sleeping the other day. It was awkward. Everybody, I'll see you later. Sports Radio 101.